0: Erev Tov, good evening. We have finally finished Rabbi Yosef Kapach's introduction to the Mishneh Torah. And that brings us now to our next part of learning the Mishneh Torah. And that will be the introduction, Nhagdama of Rabenu HaRambam to his book, Mishneh Torah. This introduction is a foundational work, it's important. It's, it's Whenever I teach a new shiur in Torah Shabbat I always begin with this introduction. Whenever a new cycle of our Shiviti Beit Din uh, uh, Giyur program begins, we begin with this uh, cycle. Uh, everybody who goes to our Beit has studied first the of the Rabbam, the Mishneh uh, Torah. This is a. I cannot stress how important it is. But before, before we get into that, there's one last piece of a puzzle that I wish to complete today so that we will be prepared for the things that Rabbi Yosef Kapach throws at us in the introduction to the Rambam's Mishneh Torah. What I'm going to share tonight, Min HaStam, does not have anything to do with Rabbi Yosef Kapach himself, but he is one of many, many, many Chachamim of ours, who follows in this path. And therefore, it would be fitting for anyone who's approaching the writings of our Chachamim, to know the things that we're sharing tonight. What I've brought together tonight, and I hope to finish it all tonight, I would love to, are numerous photocopies of different books that I wasn't certain if you all had in your library, and therefore I made copies of them for you. And it's an important haqdamah, an introduction, to understand something that bothers many people. And that is as follows. How could it be that a Chacham will quote other rabbis who he disagreed with entirely? How can it be that a Chacham will quote other rabbis who he disagreed with entirely and has no intention of putting a rubber stamp on this rabbi's name by saying, because I quoted him, now everything else he said is true? But how does the philosophy in the Beda Midrash of the Rambam exist? Which if you look in the introduction to the eight chapters of the Rambam before Perkei I like to call them the Rambam's chapters on human psychology. The Rambam there says, I wish to quote for you many rabbis, and many philosophers, and many Jewish and non-Jewish sources. But I know you, dear reader, that many of you will not... Listen to the words of others if they contradict the things that you say, that you believe. But more than that, you won't listen to others if you know it's a non-Jewish author. You might not listen to them either. And because of that, says the Rambam, I've made it my point, my, my issue, to not quote anyone by name. I just won't tell you who it is. Because you should teach yourself, T-kabel et ha-emet, accept truth for whoever says the truth from whoever says the truth, you have to accept the truth. It doesn't make a difference who says it. This philosophy though, is very difficult in today's world. If you quote a certain rabbi, a certain school of thought, immediately, both those who love you, and those who hate you, will try to lump you into that category. Those who love that chacham you quoted, are going to decide, oh look, if we quoted him, must be he's like us. And if you quote him, those who hate that chacham will say, Oh, look at him, he's quoting from the other camp, from the evil people. It must be that he's from them. And therefore you have to be very careful. Who do you quote? Who do you mention? Who do you reference? Because in the world, the crazy Jewish world in which you and I live, it's not just in the Jewish world, but I'm speaking to the Beda You live in a place where you cannot quote whoever you want without accepting that there will be ramifications. You will pay the price, the consequence of who you study with, who you study from, and whose books you quote. So if you look with me on page Chav Tet, Rabbi Yosef Kapach writes the following words. Ve'ele Shemot It's right after his introduction, there's a list, a list that goes by Aleph Bet. Ve'ele Shemot HaSvarim These are the names of the books and the authors, Asher Divreihem who va'u b'miloam, that I have quoted their words in entirety, or whovat tamtzit Divreihem betoch haPerush, or I've quoted their uh, their essence, meaning I've adapted their words in my commentary. Milvad asroot rabotshan mechabrim v'chiburim Asher Divreihem who va'u agav. Aside from the tens of other rabbis that are quoted, whether der agav, just. Matter of fact, they're, they're quoted because they were quoted by someone else. Sometimes another book that I quote will quote the third book. Whether they're quoting them to prove their words, to back them up. Or whether they're quoting this book or this in order to argue with him. And for the sake of brevity, of being concise, I have established for them acronyms. Meaning, I've created for each chacham acronyms. And when I quote them in my book, I only quote, I only refer to them by the acronym that I've given them and I've arranged all of these rabbis' books in a list for you based on the Alevet aside from the books of the Rambam which I mentioned first because he deserves to be mentioned first and if you look at the list of Chachamim Rabbi Yosef Kapach quotes and before I get there it's very important that this list exists because as you go through the writings of Yosef Kapach, you realize very quickly that you come across very unusual acronyms. Acronyms are difficult enough. In Hebrew we call them rashet Tevot. rashet Tevot, literally, the beginning of each word. So, like you have uh, uh, you know, IRS, FBI, CIA, whatever it will be that stands, Central Intelligence Agency. So rashet Tevot, the, ro- the Rosh, the head of every tevat, every word. Rashet tevot are hard enough. By the way, the acronym for rashet tevot is Reshtaf. And there are many books that have included in them codes of rashet tevot. There's even books of rashet tevot. You look at old works, you don't know what they're trying to say, unless you've learned these works a lot and you know them by heart. Today, in many editions of books though will write in the beginning, what's special about this edition is that we have opened all the Rasha Tevot, meaning we've expanded all the acronyms to spell out the words. Unfortunately, this art is not as simple as you might think. Oftentimes, there are people who, the editors, as they're expanding the acronyms, meaning they're spelling out the acronyms, they actually spell out the wrong word. It's just a very quick example. So Rasha Tevot is the acronym Resh, uh, Apostle Vitaf. Whereas the same acronym could also be Rabbeinu Tam, the French rabbi. And you might find a person who thinks that they're expanding the words for you. You come across, you say, Rabbeinu, what is the French rabbi doing in the middle of this paragraph? And the reason why you're stuck is because the editor was not a tamicham, and just tried to help. But in their trying to help, they ruined more than they helped. This key here is very important. And if you have the time to sit here and go through some of these names who you might know, so I'll give you some examples, if I could uh, pull them out. from. My, if you look in Aleph, two names up from the bottom. There's a book called Or Nehrav of Rabbi Moshe Kordovero. The foremost Kabbalist in Svat, Ramak. He wrote uh, Tomer Devorah. You have the Or Sameach. Or Sameach, is Rabbi Mer Simcha Dvinsk. Was fairly recently, right before the Holocaust, he was an Ashkenaz. you might have here, if you look in Lamid, for example, Rabbi Yudha he was the rabbi in Algeria, uh, uh, sorry, Rabbi Daayash, who was the Abedin of Arjil, he was the rabbi in Algeria, you have, uh, by Kuf, I saw a name, look, and Kuf, Kirat Melech, the last one, you have Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky. And you wonder, how could Rabbi Yosef Kapach, look here in Preetar, we mentioned him earlier, if you look in pay, Pritar is the Chidaz Rabbi, the Orchayim HaKadosh. And you're looking at a person who definitely doesn't come from a camp of the Ramak, or the Arachaim, most definitely doesn't come from the world of Rav Mer Simchav Dvinsk, or uh, Rav Chaim Kanievsky. How does he manage to quote all of these Chachamim in the same book? In order to understand that you have to understand the way the Bermidash of the Rambam works. Before I read you anything I added a note Uh, I I added a second uh, a last minute source in the handout so if you go to a classroom you refresh it you'll see a handout called the Keter Shem Tov. Keter Shem Tov is Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin I've quoted him before uh, recently and I told you you're going to hear a lot from him. Because I fall in love with his writing. And the Keter Shem Tov, an introduction to his third volume. He was a rabbi in England. Uh, I believe in, in London, and in Manchester, and Ramsgate. He went around to a number of different communities. But he was the Av there of the Svaradim. And he wrote a work called Keter Shem Tov. Which we discussed in my video on the bookstore trip to Israel. And they print in the beginning of his book. Just to be careful because he writes many strange things inside of his book and They're only reprinting it because what can they do? They have to print it. It has some. Uh, pr- it's a primary source for certain Hagim. Rabbi Tov writes, if you open the PDF, you'll find it where it says "Iv" in the middle of the page. And now, I have come to set in front of the dear readers. He said, I'm coming to put before you some of the Minhagim that the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim differ in. He said, you're only going to see the tip of the iceberg, but the whole iceberg you'll never see. Based on the opinion of Rav Tzvi Chayas, they call him. He explains that the difference in Minhagim between, the between these two tribes of Israel don't differ on anything that is in the oral law itself or, uh, in the written law itself or the oral law. And when it comes to decrees that were made in the Talmud, and the great rabbis of the generations, shum v'chiluf. there is nothing different between Svaradim and Yishkanazim at all. Ufrat b'sadot, on the top of the next page. How much more so when it comes to the foundations of our faith. Kol Yisrael achudim all the Jews are united. Al Hayud Gimel based on the 13 principles, that our Rabbi Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon established. So, Ratzviharsh Chayot suggests that Ashkenazim and Svaradim have nothing different between them, nothing substantial. Yeah, little customs, maybe. Nusach of maybe. Food, dress, maybe. When it comes to the Torah, when it comes to interpretation of Torah Shebal Peh, when it comes to the emunah, the belief in Hashem, the Torah, we're all united, we're all surrounding ourselves. We're all surrounding the Yudgim and the Karim. That is our center, the 13 principles of the Rambam. And he writes one more sentence. But what can I tell you that my opinion doesn't agree with that of this great genius? if you keep reading my writings, is that if you look at the list of minhagim that I've collected between Ashkenazim and Sephardim, you will find that the difference between them is literally as far as the difference between the distance between East and West. There's nothing in common. There's so much that is not in common, you can't say that it's just a, a little, a few details that are not substantial. And when he says that around Emuna, we all agree, and we're used to telling this to people, oh Jews, Ashkenazim, Sephardim, we're all the same, we all believe the same stuff, just it's a little bit different, we're not different religions. You have to see this footnote. You have to see the footnote. The footnote is in the middle of the page where there's an aleph. I just have to make a following note in the words of this great genius. That he wrote that all the Jews are united by the 13 principles of the Rambam. In my opinion, he was brief. He spoke shortly in a place where he should have elaborated. Yan... Because before the Rambam came onto the scene, and in the generation before him, emunat hagashmut the 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 physicality—there's an English word, corporeality—the belief in a physical God, there were giants of Israel who believed that God had a physical body. Ba'alei Atosafot. The authors of the Tosafot. ba'belev And they believed wholeheartedly and with their whole soul that Hashem had a body. abaki bidivrei And all of those who are familiar with the history of the Jewish people, Yedah will know kama Hashem garmu be'hamanazo, How much desecration of God's name do these French and German rabbis cause in the world with their belief, when they would tell the world that Jews believe that Hashem has a physical body and a physical form. In the second paragraph, after the death of the Rambam, a number of years later, and his works, his pleasant works, had been spread across all the exiles of Israel. I don't know how to pronounce the French word properly. A number of people stood up in France to speak ill against his books. And who was the head of this war? Rabbi Shlomo Minahar and his students, Rabbi David and Rabbi Minahar, and as you know, I've suggested already to you to read at length the article Anti-Maimonidean demons, which discusses this at great length. Aleph, you want to see those who complain? If you, if you look down at the footnote on the footnote. So there's another aleph at the bottom of the page. Elo <speaking> amitlonanim, <in Hebrew> who came to those who came to protest the Rambam, hayu as bale shem gudonim b'torah v'chokma, were famous Torah scholars. Umfora shu tsem michtav v'chadav u'dal fakar l'radak odot harav azem v'talmidav shu gudonim b'torah. We see that Albiuda wrote a letter to Radak saying how great they were in Torah. They wrote many big things about these rabbis. They weren't small children. Back up on the top. And the communities of France followed their rabbis. Im Chachmehem, with their Torah scholars. Shebadoam and their generation. al Moshe And they complained about Moshe. It's an allusion to the Torah where they complained about Moshe Rabbeinu. Besever Hamada and his book, the Mada, the first volume of the Mishneh Torah. Shekatav that he wrote, Barach and Uguf, Venot Mutaguf. And Ham Moshe Darambam wrote that Hashem has no body and he has no image of a body. And this God went against their philosophy. They believed the exact opposite of that. Because they were mistaken, They considered the righteous and pious Rambam to be a heretic against the Torah. And they wrote terrible things about the Rambam that it is forbidden for a Jewish person even to think. Let alone to write it down. And when this uh, great tumult, the commotion was heard in the communities of France, all of their sages got up. They excommunicated Rabbi Shlomo and his two students. And when they realized that they were not doing well, they were not succeeding in their plan, They wrote in their letters to the rabbis of France, Many of them were the authors of the Tosafot, so they could judge this matter. But when these chachamim saw that the main Complaint against the Rambam Hayata Bavur Shamar Shena Borayt Barach Shum that the Rambam dared argue with their belief that the a Baruch Hu has a physical form Vehem Atzamam Notim LeSevarat and they themselves believed in the Gashmut of the Boray the physicality of God Kimu VeKiblu they accepted upon themselves the opinion of Rebish shlomo and they wrote bans of excommunication against any person who would study the work of the Rambam. Let's look at footnote B'et. He he writes the following words to the Rambam. From the very famous things, Israel that the belief in a physical form of God was almost widespread in the whole Jewish community. And he writes, The Talmudic giants in Tsarfat, in France, and in other places, they, in public, believed in the physicality of God. It's the grandfather of the Rosh, there are many people who who swam in this ocean of stupidity that they believed that Hakadosh Baruch Hu had a physical body. They believe Hashem has a body. And hands panim and a face just like them. And with an image and a likeness just like human beings are. They just believed that he was a greater human being. He was a more powerful human being. Simply that his body and his form was made of a superior material, a superior substance to them. And this is what they believed about Hashem That's the end of his writing. So back to the middle of the page. And the surprising thing to know. How could it be that these great giants, the leaders of exiles in Israel, that they spent their whole life studying Torah and Talmud? They were trapped in this net of kfirah, of heresy included in this category of people was the Re'avad himself, that when it comes to critique the Rambam, remember that I told you Rabbi Yosef Kapach's attitude towards the Rabad is different than others, this is different, he didn't come with a pleasant critique, he came and jumped on him like a lion, V Sigal Om Rosh Shekolha Merid bara next page Goof Uvaltimuna nikra min said how dare the Rambam say that anybody who believes that Hashem is has a physical body is called a meen, a heretic. The Ravat writes in these words, Vilamaqarala Who is he to call them heretics? The kamag don't there were greater and better people than the Rambam who believed that Hashem had a physical body. How dare he write such a thing about them? Now those of you who are living today probably have no idea that this was even a war. But this was a war between Chachmei land, Especially between the Sephardim and the <laughs> You veTovim imenu meh Rambam. Says Rabbi Shem Tov, how could it be that you would say that there are people who are greater than the Rambam who believed in a body of Hashem? mishpat sham al He said, I am surprised that the Ravad used these two words, greater and better than the Rambam. Who? Gamaran Kesim mishnei itpalei Ravad. Maran himself, Rabbi Yosef Karo, in the case of Mishneh, also is astonished at the words of more He writes, You must be surprised at such a mouth, a holy mouth. How could he call those, this holy mouth of Rehavad, how could he call those people who believed that Hashem had a body, how could he say that they were greater than Rehavad? If you look in the writings Rabbi Rabbi in his book, There he proves the mistake of those who believe Hashem in a physical body. Skipping me in this next part, last few lines. From this I wish to prove. That even when it came to the basic belief if Hashem was physical or not, Chachmei the rabbis of Ashkenaz and the rabbis of Spain, were not at all equal in each other. They didn't believe the same things at all. And only as time went on, the Rambam's approach to Judaism took over. And this belief, this heretical belief in Hashem having a physical body dissipated from the world and whoever understands history and Torah will understand how that happens, says Rabbi Shem That, my friends, is the backdrop for everything I wish to discuss today. Because you might be wondering what on earth does it have to do with Rabbi Yosef Kapach and the names he quotes in his book. Because if you don't understand the wars that burned through the community, especially the Sephardic, the Spanish and French communities in those days, you won't begin to understand the greatness of what it is we're talking about. This is not a war about what you eat on Pesach, rice and beans or, or no matzah dipped in water. This is a war about is the Kadosh Baruch Hu real or not? Is the Kadosh Baruch Hu that you believe in Avodah Zarah or not? That's what this war is about. And you'll see two sides of this story. The side of the Rambam and his camp, and the side of Chachmet Sulfat in their camp. And again, I referred you previously to an article. I cannot go into the length that article goes through. You should do it yourself. But for today, I wish to touch on some other points. Some other conversations surrounding this topic. I want to take you to the writings of Rabbi Yosef Albo. Was one of the giants of Sfaran. Uh, the edition that I have here was given to me as a gift by the author who wrote a commentary on it I'm not endorsing or not I'm simply that's the edition I have in my house so look for Rabbi Yosef Albo Sefer Karim. how do you treat a Talmud Chacham who makes a grave error in judgment, you believe that their approach to Judaism is dangerous, it's problematic. How do you treat such a Chacham? I wish to read to you words. Words that come from a Chacham who represent the Sephardic approach to differing opinions among Chachamim. If you don't understand this, you will never understand how our Chachamim treated people who were different than them. Many people think they were naive, they believed that all people were holy, and, all that. and because of that they didn't care. It wasn't because of that at all. It's precisely because of their ability to tolerate opinions that were different than theirs, even if they believed they were gravely mistaken. Let's read. belief in the foundations of our faith. U'ma shenomar What is fitting for us to say about this? To judge favorably those chachamim who discuss this matter. Who, and this is the following. This is what I mentioned to you yesterday, perhaps, about the duties of the heart, not being able to legislate matters of the heart. That every Jewish person, must believe that everything that is found in the Torah is completely true. And anyone who does not believe in anything written inside of the Torah, as long as they know that the Torah believes X, but I don't believe in X. If that's what this person believes, nikra kofir. He's called a kofir, a heretic. Kamo she'amru batenu ze'al ba'per chelek. Lagara be'se'in masach tzandrin. Shekol ha'omer, anyone who says kol ha'torah kula mi'pey the whole Torah is from Hashem. Khutz mi'pasuk echad. Except for one pasuk. That one pasuk, who was it said by? Shamor Moshe himself, Moshe Rabenu, he made up this pasuk on his own. One person, one person said, "I believe, I believe the whole Torah is true, all of it is from Hashem." One pasuk, Moshe Rabenu added that to the Torah. Alav but him it says, Adonai He has denigrated the word of Hashem. and he included in the category of those heretics who say. And, Torah that he does not believe the Torah is divine, the Torah comes from heaven, but such a person, the Gemara says, lo l'alam ha-ba. He has no portion in the world to come. So call Israel Hashem Chalim All Jewish people have a portion in the world to come. By the way, we have mentioned before, this includes non-Jews also, righteous non-Jews. So everyone has a portion in the world to come, except for somebody who says this, that the Torah is not from Hashem. They keep Torah, they observe the mitzvot. They don't believe it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Who's included in that category? Somebody who believes that every word of the Torah came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, except for one Pasuk. One Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu added it there. That person is in the same category as somebody who denies the Torah in its entirety. I didn't come to talk about that today. Chachmei Tzorfat, the rabbis of France, of Germany, were not from that camp at all. But somebody who believes in the Torah of Moshe, and believes in all of its foundations, its fundamental beliefs. But when he came to analyze the text and understand what the verses actually say, his Logical thinking skills caused him to make a mistake and to say min that one of the fundamentals of the faith is actually different than what you think. And not as it was originally understood. If this person believes that this is not a correct belief, but the Torah requires you to believe it. Or he believes that one of the fundamentals is not really fundamental. So one of the Rambam's 13 Yikarim, it's not a Yikar. I don't believe it's an ikar, but I believe that it's still true. It's just not a fundamental. That's what this person is saying. Or he believes in one of the miracles in the Torah. But he doesn't believe in anything that would contradict the divinity of the Torah. This person is not a heretic. But this person is included in the category of the righteous and pious of Israel. He's a Talmid chacham of the Jewish people. Even though he's mistaken in his belief, he's a non-intentional sinner. He's a mistaken And he needs atonement. He needs to do teshuvah but he's not a Kofir. I need you to understand what we just read. A Tamit Chacham who believes in the Torah in its entirety, but due to his analysis of the Torah, her analysis, in learning the Torah, reaches a conclusion that is different than that of, of what is true or what is correct. It's an Avera. He has to do Teshuvah for that. But he's not a Kofair. And he's a righteous one of Israel. He's one of our Chachamim. And we respect him as such. Even if we reject his belief. Only when a person begins to interpret the Torah in ways that contradict the fundamentals of our faith. Like, this Pasuk is not true. Moshe Rabbeinu made it up. Or this, it's not from Shammai. This person is a heretic if a person says you know the Rambam says these are the fundamentals I disagree that this number 10, 11, 12 this is a fundamental I believe it's true I just don't believe it's a fundamental that's okay he has to do teshuvah but it's okay he's included in the category of the scholars of the Jewish people I'm going to skip a little bit here on page Yud and this is what the Rav HaMure, the author of the Guide of the Perplexed, that's the Rambam, writes in chapter 25 of the second essay. Now what I want to read to? You. Look on page two, Beth. Ugdulam izokatav aavad. Look what the aavad wrote. If a person believes in one of the foundations incorrectly, because their analysis of the text is incorrect, do not call them a heretic. This is exactly what led him to argue with the Rambam. What does he say? That somebody... The Rambam writes, somebody who believes Hashem is a body is a mean. And the Ravad writes, a Mar Avraham. Avraham says, even though that is the foundation of our faith, because he learned the Torah and this person believes in the Torah and they learned the midrashim and they understand the words of the Torah, Hashem put out His hand. So Hashem must have a hand. Hashem did this with a mighty. So I believe, because that's what it says in the Torah. Says Ravad, even though he's incorrect, how can you call this person a heretic? It's an interesting way to read the Ravad. Says Rabbi Yosef Albu. This approach seems to me correct. If you look in the writings of our rabbis, Omrim al Elisha Ben Avuya, they speak about the famous Elisha Baavuya. shuvu Banim return you wayward sons. If you remember the story of Elisha baravuya he became acher, he had an experience which led him to deny the Torah. Except for Elisha. Oh everyone should return except for Elisha. that he knows his creator, umit kavelim and he intentionally rebels against Hashem. So everybody could do Teshuvah except for the one who knows Hashem and rebels against Hashem. So what does it mean, says Rabbi Yosef Albo, כי מי someone who knows the truth, and intentionally denies the truth, It's from the group of evil people who we should not accept back into תשובה. אבל מי but somebody who has no desire to rebel against Hashem. And does not wish to leave the path of truth. And not to deny what's written in the Torah, or to reject the oral tradition. His only mistake was that he analyzed the psukim on his own logic, in his own way. Even though this person has made a grave mistake, and they miss. Uh, they they explained incorrectly a pasuk he's not a heretic he's not a mean a person should say this person is mistaken but he's still a righteous person who's trying to do what's correct in the middle of page the next page I needed to write all this Because I saw some light people in the world, some good-for-nothings, who in their own eyes, they're very intelligent. They open their mouth and they stick out their tongue against giants of the world. Without any wisdom and any understanding. I don't have to write this. People make mistakes, even big mistakes, but they're still our chachamim. You can reject the person's mistake. That doesn't mean to reject them entirely. Why did I have to write this? Is because I see, unfortunately, that there are new people in the generation. That they throw the baby out with the bathwater. They see that who made a mistake. They see that his approach to is wrong in their eyes. So let's throw him out completely. Instead of understanding that there's still truth to be taken from here, to be gained from here. Umikan, and therefore from here I say, hutar lekol chacham lev. It is permissible for every Torah scholar, lachkol bi kare hadat, to analyze to research the fundamentals of our faith, psukim bedech maskim al haemet lefidato, and to explain the pesukim in the Torah in a truthful way according to his logic, vaafal pi shi amin bektad harishonim ikarim. And even if he ends up believing that some of the things that our early rabbis considered fundamental, he believes they're not fundamental. does not reject them. He believes they're true, but they're not as big of a deal as you might think. And he believes in things just like you believe in anything. That the world opened up for, the earth opened up for korah or fire came from the sky. He believes, listen, all these miracles are true, but they're not fundamentals of the Torah. This person is not a heretic in the Torah. And not a, not a denier of the foundations of the Torah. Because if this person was a heretic, then you would have to have every miracle listed in the Torah as one of the fundamentals of our faith. And nobody ever made such a list of all the different uh, miracles that happened in the Torah. If you don't believe that one of them is fundamental, you're a kofel Because it's not the way the Torah works. There's an interesting footnote here. The footnote quotes the Orchayim HaKadosh when I mentioned the names of the Chachamim at the beginning of this class I didn't to mention them as people who are fit into this category but I'm trying to paint here a picture for you of how somebody from the Ben Midrash of Kapach the grandson of Rabbi Kapach can quote people who don't fit in the Ben Midrash at all because this is the way of the Torah the Orchayim writes to Benatar. Da you should know lanu We have been given permission. This is in the first pasuk in Bereshit. Ruchamikolosh has a commentary, and this this is a, a famous piece. Permission has been granted to us to explain the pesukim after we've analyzed it logically, slowly, carefully. Hagam even if other rabbis came before us and understood those Pisukim differently, Panim there are seventy approaches to the Torah. And we are not obligated to follow all the interpretations of the early rabbis, Only in in interpretations that change halakha. If Chachamim understood Halakha, uh, this Pasuk, this way, and that's what dictates the Halakha, then you have to understand it the same way. But if you come to understand a Pasuk differently, and it has no ramifications, in your observance of Halakha, then of course you can understand a Pasuk that way. If you come along and say, the Torah says that on Yom Kippurim, in item and you must afflict your souls. And Chachamim say, there are five things you cannot do on Yom Kippurim, not eat and not drink. And you say, no, it doesn't mean that. It means you hit yourself on the head, but you can eat and drink all you want. You don't have the right to do that. You have no right to do that. But if you come to interpret a pasuk, then you want to give it some extra meaning, some interpretation, that doesn't fit into the earlier interpretations. As long as it doesn't change a din, you have the permission to do so. And that's why you'll find, the generation of the Talmud does not have permission to argue in halacha with the generation of the Mishnah. But when it comes to interpreting psukim in the Torah, you'll find that Talmud interprets psukim sometimes differently than the way the early rabbis did, because permission is granted to to do that, and it doesn't make somebody a kofel, a heretic, because that's the way they study Torah, even if ultimately they make a mistake. That brings me to the words of the Rambam himself. We were discussing. Teaching Torah incorrectly. I copied for you two different editions of the Rambam's commentary in Perkei Avod. So I have the commentary of Rav Kapach, the translation, and the translation of Shilat. Rav Shilat uh, actually was the is the rabbi of um, one of the rabbis of a member of our Beit Midrash, Rabbi Yosef Zarnigian. He studied by him, and often I get insights into how he thought or how he wrote. But I prefer Haraf Kapach's translation, anyways. If you look with me in the Mishnah, that says the following Rabbi Eliezer Omer. Rabbi Eliezer says. Wrong wrong one. If you look with me on. Rabbi Lazar Hamodai Omer. Rabbi Lazar Hamodai says somebody who desecrates that which is holy, and he denigrates the holidays, and he undoes or violates the Brit milah of Avraham Avinu, and he who embarrasses his friend in public, and somebody who reveals an incorrect face in Torah, I mean, there are 70 ways to the Torah, 70 faces. He's revealing one that is not part of the 70. Even though he has mitzvot, he does mitzvot, he has no portion of the world to come. All of these people, he does mitzvot, but he embarrasses other people in public, has no chek haba. He learns Torah, keeps mitzvot, but interprets the Torah in a way that is forbidden, does not have a chek haba says the Rambam, in the commentary, the bottom right, the bottom left column is Arabic, Judeo-Arabic, like we read yesterday, and the bottom right is a Kapak's translation of that Arabic. Malbin what does it mean to embarrass his friend? In Hebrew, we use the word, he turns his friend's face white. What does it mean white? It means he embarrasses him. panim reveals an incorrect interpretation of the Torah, who haover al mitzvot Torah befarhesia is someone who violates the mitzvot of the Torah in public, lo and with uh, shows off. This is the epitome of heresy. Kumo shehamari itale, like the Hashem says, vanefecher taase biyad rama, the soul which rebels brazenly. V'inyan megalepanim. What does it mean? Reveals the face. Megalepanim panav That his face is brazen, chutzpah, audacious. This is what the rachamim write. Amru they say, megale panim b'Torah. Howver al divrei Torah b'farhesia ki Yohakim ben Yoshiyahu. Like Yohakim ben Yoshiyahu, who rebelled in public. Mefer britze haMoshech lo orla. Somebody who goes against the brit of Avraham is somebody who undoes his brit milah. It's interesting. I believe there's a descendant of the Rambam, Rabbi David who discusses the practicality of how that works. And the Rambam explains simply, this is somebody who, his parents didn't do a Brit Milah for him, when he becomes an adult, he chooses still not to have a Brit Milah. The Rambam writes this, Intentionally, says Al Kapach, because there's another interpretation of undoing a brit milah which Rambam rejects. A rabbis included many people in this category, that do not have a portion of the world to come. But from here we see that the Rambam mentions that somebody who rebels against Hashem brazenly—that's the one who is considered loses his portion of the world to come. From here you see though. That someone who rebels against Hashem, and does something incorrect, but not because of rebellion. They're learning the Torah. They simply made a mistake. Their logical thought process led them to the wrong place. That is not considered a heretic. And the Rambam codifies this in Halakha. Uh, If you look back and you read Mishneh Torah, I also made a PDF of it. The Rambam Mishneh Torah and the Laws of Teshuvah. So you want to find the Laws of Teshuvah, you could just look in the PDF that I attached to this class. Um, in the third chapter of Teshuvah. The numbering is different in Rav Kapach's Mishnah Torah than others, but if you look here, it's going to be Taf Reish Yud Dalet on the top of the page. It's chapter three of the Laws of Teshuvah. In Rav Kapach's lettering, it's uh, sub Halacha 21. Chabad. Hoyakim. Somebody who does Avirot in public, brazenly, like Yho Ben Ben Doesn't make a difference which avirot. Small avirot, big avirot. No lama ba. He doesn't have a portion of world to come. And this is who is called. A revealer of incorrect uh, approach in Torah, because he was brazen and was not embarrassed to go against the words of the Torah. The Rambam codifies this to the Hanakha that those who are considered heretics are those who do so, believe so in order to disrespect the Torah, in order to disrespect the Kadosh Baruch Hu. But those who make a mistake in Torah, or we consider them mistaken in Torah, that doesn't make them a heretic. This leads us to our next source. We have time. If I can find the next source. Here. There actually is an English version of this book, uh, and I found out that my edition that I have is actually missing pages. I mean, it has, in the middle of the book, 20 pages that are double. So it's 20 pages, then again, it repeats 20 pages, and then the 20 pages that were supposed to be there are not there. So I don't mind if my book has an extra 20 pages, but it has extra 20 pages that got rid of the 20 pages that were supposed to be there, and it's smack in the middle of the articles, that's why I couldn't photocopy for you anything from English, but if you'd like, this book is called Nibchamot Hashem. It's a book by Rabbeinu Abraham ben Arambam, this one's printed by Mosad Cook. Kuk. Uh, Rabbeinu Abraham ben Arambam's defense of his father, and his uh, works, and his approach to Torah, it's a very deep work, and requires limun, real learning, but it also has some tremendous things about uh, Rabbeinu Abraham ben Arambam, but before I get carried away, and there is an English version of that translated by uh, Fred Rosner, Dr. Fred Rosner, uh, and you are welcome to look for that online. I'm sure it's something that is available. I skipped the source. The source I wanted to read to you is uh, from the Rambam's letters. The edition I have in front of me is not Rav Kapach's, because Rav Kapach's letters of the Rambam is very limited to the letters that he believed were, were accurate or that he went through and considered to be authentic. This letter here is in Rav Shilat's edition of uh, Igod Rambam. He writes a letter to Rabbi Shmuel Ibn Tibon regarding translating the guide of the perplexed. Those who are familiar, these are the names of the Chachamim who translated the Rambam's work to Hebrew. And this is just a side reference. If you're looking through the letter to the Rambam, you find here the following letter. He elai, it has come to me, ani Moshe Maimon, harav hasfaradi. I... Moshe, the son of Meimon, from Spain. All the writings of this precious student, Hamevin v'Amaskil, the knowledgeable one. Nezerat Talmidim, Seviyachachamim. He's giving him titles. Rabbi Shmuel b'Rebi Yudan. Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yudatibum. If you look at the second page of this article, you'll see here. Uh, it writes Beshon This part of the letter, these two pages, were written in Hebrew by the Rambam. In the middle of the letter, the Rambam switches to Arabic, and what we have left is a translation. Shamanu. Shema and we already heard your father's name, the famous father Abiyuda, the We have already heard that he's proficient in Hebrew and also Lashon Hagari. Like Hagar, Arabic. Anashimi Duim and Granata. All these different people came from the different countries, and the Rambam heard. And he told us about your father. And also, when the precious Chacham, Rabbi Meir came here, Rabenu Avraham Harav Hagadol. You pronounce it. That he studied by Rabbeinu Abraham. Who is this Rabbeinu Abraham? Look in footnote 6. He is the Reavad who critiques the Rambam's works. This Rabbi Meir is a French rabbi who comes through by the Rambam and the Rambam says, we knew this precious Chacham, who's a student of who? He's a student of the Ravad, who wrote a book against the Rambam. What does the Rambam call him? chacham Hayakam, the precious scholar. A dear scholar, the student of Rabbenu, of our great Rabbi, the Ravad. The Rambam doesn't write much about him. But you can imagine that when other Chachamim who hated the Rambam mentioned the Rambam, they didn't write our precious Chacham, the Rambam. The Rambam writes such things. Others didn't live in the same reality. Because Rabbeinu HaRambam could say, listen, it doesn't make a difference. He's a Tamich Chacham. He believes in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe in the way they believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They follow Torah Mitzvot. They try their best. Everything they do is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu so we disagree with each other, fine, he's still a Tamei Chacham. We're part of the same people. The Rambam couldn't understand the Rambam would take somebody's books and burn them. The Rambam would start wars against other Tamil Chachamim. How many letters do we have from the Rambam and his students? They're being attacked all around the world. And the Rambam says, don't fight with people. Don't fight. We have our way, we're doing our thing. We accept them, we believe they're wrong, but we the favor was never returned look here now that I quoted the Rambam let's go to the son so that's another PDF that I attached to the classroom this edition is put out by Rabbi Ruven Margaliot. you know it's amazing he wrote a book called Margaliot Hayam um, on the Talmud. I remember when I was a student in Yeshiva, whenever the rabbis would give these Pilpulim classes in the Talmud, my brain, my mash would turn off. I cannot understand such a shield. Understand, yes, intellectually, but can resonate with, never. And then I didn't know why. Today Did I didn't know why. But whenever they would quote Margaliot Hayam, my heart would open up. This Chacham, somehow, his Nishama, the things he wrote, the truth that he spoke, every chidush was was really the pearls of the ocean, so the name of the book is called. Somehow, Rabbi Moshe Ben Zaken has a connection here with him, I don't remember exactly, but Rabbi Moshe Ben Zaken is, knows his books in their entirety. This edition of Milchamot Hashem, on page Memchet, if you look inside the top of the page, a little sentence. Igeret Rabenu Avraham, Ben Kvon Harav, Rabi Moshe, Ben Maimon, Zacheron Ledvachah, Rabenu Avraham, the son of Moshe, the son of Maimon, of blessed memory, Neged hacholkim al-seharav ha against those who disagreed, who argued with the books of his father. Rabbi Avraham paints a painting here about all the Jewish communities of Israel and how they were in Eretz Yisrael and they went into exile and in exile how things changed. And he mentions that wherever Am Yisrael went there were Chachamim. Those Chachamim taught their students Torah and because they studied Torah this is the way they were. They came out the Melechamim and there were Rashi shivot and there were Rabbanim and there were Tamilechamim who studied Havayot and and that studied the Talmud. He speaks about the belief that all Am Israel has in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he mentions here something interesting. I didn't come to say it, but if you look on page Nun Aleph in the middle of the page, bo s'afek From the east to the west of Am Israel, there's nobody who denies the existence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Am Yisrael. And all of us Jews who live in the lands of Ishmael, even the Arabs have accepted this belief and Hashem from us. The main foundation of the Muslim faith is on our faith. The avotam, and they left the stupidity of their forefathers, the and the mistake of their forefathers, Shahayu of Dima that they worshipped idols and didn't believe in the oneness of Hashem. And they came back to Am Israel, like the Prophet Yirmiya, who says, that the Goyim will say, We've returned to you, Am Israel, because our forefathers gave us nothing. They gave us lies. And then he continues and a few sentences in on page room B'et. And anybody who argues and says that the has an image or a form, that anybody who says such a thing is a heretic against Hashem and gives him an image. He is a heretic who has no portion of the world to come. And we've already heard the voice by us and our forefathers that there are others, many in other countries that sit on those islands. Remember when we were learning Rabbi uh, Maharitza's letter from Yemen that whenever you say someone comes from the islands, it means the other countries. They make a tremendous mistake about this matter. Italy, when they hang their belief. They believe in the pshat, in the simple literal meaning of the psukim in the Torah, and in the midrashim. And where heart is crying over this, our eyes are weeping over this. And our forefathers are bewildered. How could this Avodah Zarah belief have entered Am Yisrael? And I'm going to the next paragraph. My father, my teacher, a blessed memory. Who else could say this except for the Rambam's son? He wrote about this a lot. True, that the belief in one God that has no form is the foundation of our faith. We've heard that this book that my father wrote in Hebrew called the Mishnah Torah, and the book he wrote in Yishmael language, Arabic, he called it the guide the perplexed, that these books already were translated and had reached the rabbis of Lunil. And the rabbis of Lunil had already begun corresponding with the Rambam. You know, these letters of Rambam to Chachmei Lunil, Rav Shilat believes are absolutely authentic. Harav Kapach believes they're absolute forgeries. Many things are learned from the letters of Chachmei Lunil and those two camps cannot accept whether or not those letters were written by the Rambam himself. Rabenu Avraham Rambam mentions those letters between the Rambam, his father, and these Chachamim. So how could it be a forgery, says Rav Shilad? So Rav Kapach answers, Forged things happened, and Rabbeinu Avraham believed that the forgeries he saw were written by his father. And he shares a story, Rav Kapach, that in his lifetime in Yemen, there were forgeries of his grandfather's letters. His grandfather was still alive. They said, oh, you told the city that they should do a certain halacha? The grandfather said, I said that? Show me where I wrote it. And they showed him a letter, signed Rabbi Kapach, with his stamp. He didn't write that letter. He said, I didn't write this. It's this not my handwriting. In his lifetime, it's the way of the world in which people forge letters of great people. People will accept it easier. It's a, it's a style. And, and Rav Kapach suggests that Rabbi Yechikapach didn't know that these letters were a forgery. Nonetheless, I'm not here to stick my head between two giants, simply to share. Nonetheless, Rabbi Abraham says that already the rabbis in, in uh, Lunil had heard of the Ambam. And from the Rambam's understanding, it seems the rabbis of Lunil were so happy with the books. And my father was also happy. That his books were received by people who knew how to understand them. And they corresponded with many letters. And towards the end of my father's life, says the Rabbi Noah the books of Rabbi Shmuel ben Tibon came to him that he translated the Moren Vukim to Hebrew. And the Rambam helped him, corresponded with him because he realized Rabbi Shmuel ben Tibon was a great rabbi. And after the retirement of Abba Morris after his father passed away, the Rambam pashat ha kol ki pashtu achiburi min iskerim b'chol eiver hayam v'komot rabim that the books of the Rambam had spread all over the world. V'ho ilu l'israel bedigdu emunatam u'biu chokmatam and they helped the Jewish people perfect their emunah and understand the wisdom of the Torah. Uchshigil chachmed salfat el haaret hazot. Listen carefully now to all the Rambam And when the rabbis of France came to these places, to our countries. Rabbi Yosef, Harav the famous Rabbi Yosef, the great Rabbi Ushar Rechav, and his other brothers Usha sharnakvu Mozar, that all had famous names. The Rabbi Avraham, Harav and the elderly Rabbi Avraham, Aviv, Shabbenu Gershom, the father of Rabbi Gershom, all famous French rabbis. The Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi David Hazaken, the elderly Rabbi David, Harav Nichbad, the honorable Rabbi, the Chachamim acherim, and other French rabbis that came here. We saw that they were great Chachamim. In wisdom, in understanding, in fear of Hashem, in awe of Hashem, and in logic. They were of sound logic. We were happy to meet them. And they were happy with us. And we respected them properly like Taminei Chachamim should receive respect. The French rabbis come to the Rambam and the Rambam hosts them with a shining countenance, with joy. And then Rabbeinu Abraham goes into the ugly history of his father's works being burned in his lifetime. And I have no ability now in the few minutes I have left to do this piece. So many beautiful things here. Turn with me to the last page. He speaks about these French rabbis that burn his father's books. The top of the page, Nun Tet. These stupid fools have no intellect. It's not enough for them that they're stupid. That Yishayahu, the prophet, already said about them, the Jewish people don't know me. Until they allowed their, again, he says it over, their stupid hearts to believe that anybody who is involved in true Torah wisdom, is a heretic against the Torah. Meaning us, he, they believe that the students of the Rambam are kofrim. The footnote here explains another Nossach that anybody who studies philosophy and understands the Kedosh properly is actually a heretic. I mean, it's not enough that they're stupid. They, in their stupidity, believe that those of us who actually understand the Kedosh that we're the heretics. It's not enough they're heretics. But look what writes. Their belief in the, whether the world was created or not. And even though we disagree with them on foundation, fundamental matters, then we believe in the way our chachamim believed. This is how we treat any one of their beliefs that go against the correct belief of the Torah. But not because we disagree with them on fundamental matters. We will not argue with them that they believe that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is one. We argue with those who have the incorrect understanding of Hashem. They believe in a physical God because of their crooked minds? But not because we disagree on matters of Emunah. Will that lead us to argue with them when it comes to Halakha? And analyzing logical arguments, be mutar, about things that are permitted or prohibited, or patur v'chayav, or things that we're exempt or, or obligated in, because all that goes according to logic and according to the laws of the Torah and mitzvot. Just because, says Rabbeinu Avraham, that we disagree with them in matters of emunah, does not mean that they're excommunicated from our Does not mean that they're excluded from conversations and halakha, that we will have with them. It does not mean that we'll throw out their arguments in the world of Torah. We will not accept the things that we cannot accept. And we will accept the things we need to accept. Because that's the way of the Bet HaMidash, of the Rambam. That's all. It doesn't mean anything more than that. If the students of the Rambam quote somebody who believes in something, it doesn't mean they believe in everything he believes. But it means that they were able to treat another person the way a Tamid Chacham should be treated. That leads me to my last piece for tonight you give me just a few more minutes. A teaching from my Rabbi, Mori Virbi, Rabbi Yaakov Peretz, you should live and be well, and you should be safe now. In his book, Yosher V'Tzedek. Truth, Straightforwardness, Justice, and Righteousness. I was at his house, Purim, maybe 2011. And our parents, Tamil uh, came to visit him, this Uh, Peretz told him I'm not afraid of I have a place in the next world because of this book that I wrote this is what Gamma everything else is already extra I want to read you a teaching it's in your uh, PDF I gave you a PDF of the writings of Rabbeinu uh, of Yaakov Peretz called Emet Yaakov Ochot Harav section 4 sentence 2 paragraph 2 There is no truth in division. What does it mean that truth will be lost? It teaches us that the truth, how will the truth be lost? Because it will be broken up into camps and camps and camps. And because of that, the truth will be lost from Am Yisrael. B. says I one explanation. Chazal couldn't understand why it says, and the truth will be lost. Meaning, there is truth now. How will we say that it will be lost? It seems that there will be no more truth. From here, our explained Not just about being lost, but they have to reinterpret that word, as in camps. Meaning, and let's explain what it actually means. Should be that in the days of the Mashiach, no. there will be tremendous difficulty. There will be truthful people. This is how Rapper writing. There will be truthful people left in the world. And they will try every day to simple live live simple truthful lives. But the social pressure surrounding them that shaker, that lies and and external external looks and and things that are not truthful rule over it with chutzpah, with brazenness will overcome the people of truth they'll be unable to hold on to their truth and they'll run they'll hide from the truth they'll lose the truth because they're bullied into losing their truth that's like a prophecy that came true and there will be so many people that will be forced to abandon truth because society is bullying them. And it will look like there are flocks of people running away from the truth. Why? Because they really are. Because society is bullying them to leave their truth. Exactly like it's happening now in our generation, says Peretz. I rarely get to share such pieces with you from Mara Peretz. Normally, you hear me quote Haraber. It's a story, a, a lesson. There's another commentary. That in the end of days, before the Mashiach, that the people of truth will gather together. This is a, a different commentary than the first one. Those who observe Torah and Mitzvot will make their own groups that they all believe that the truth the whole truth Matsui is found only by them and not just do they have the truth, they have the only truth, but nobody else has the truth ze. And because of this, separation occurs between the Jewish people, and wars that are not for the sake of heaven will happen, and evil hatred between each other, baseless hatred, and denigration of Torah scholars, and so inevitably, and so inevitably, the truth will continue disappearing. Because everybody believes that I'm the only one who's right, they're wrong, we can't be friends, we can't talk with each other, Bizui Khamim, we're gonna denigrate each other's Torah scholars, and that's the end. One thing I've made a rule here in the Biramidash, the, the Shiviti Birmamidash, wherever we are. You will never sit here and hear Bizayon tam Khamim. And there Tamil Khamim that say some things that, that maybe we should be mevaze. Maybe we should denigrate, but we don't we watch our mouth, we watch our tongues. We have what to say, but we don't need to say it. And the Ben-Midrash, we'll, we'll quote and we'll respect everyone. We accepted this from our Rabbis. And because of this, according to this, there's two word definitions here. Because the groups of Jews have become groups, Every sub division to themselves. The truth is lost and disappears. And according to this understanding, the verse doesn't is not taken out of its literal meaning. So one way to lose the truth, another way, is that everyone will hold on to their truth. Nobody will share ideas with each other, and ultimately the truth will be decimated. What's the conclusion? And this is my conclusion for tonight's show. Say the tr- accept the truth from whoever says it whoever says the truth respect and give respect and, and, and value to every Torah scholar who fears Hashem what do they mean fear Hashem? who really believes in Hashem not just because they know Torah they really believe in Hashem and to all the people, not just Talmud Yachamim, to all God-fearing people, which is in every group, in every category of people, in every denomination, in every ethnicity, in any place It doesn't make a difference which group they're from, which synagogue they belong to, which they learned or didn't learn in. Give them respect. Honor those people who believe in HaKadosh Baruch how much more so? How much more so? That you should not uh, uh, put down, disrespect, annul, abolish the beliefs of those people who don't believe like you? They might be wrong, but they truly fear Hashem. Nonetheless, you still maintain your right and your obligation. To find the truth in halacha, b'midot, and character traits. You have the right to your own opinion. You have the right to be an individual. But don't abuse that right by putting down everybody in the world who's not like you. lo imnatov, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not hold back good from those who walk on the path of innocent truth. This is the point of Tanachiu. We are Talmidei, 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 Talmidei HaRambam and all those who came before Him and those who came after Him. All of Chachamei Svarad. Among them also Chachamei Ashkenaz, who are of the same mindset. Who believe that in the Bet Midrash all conversation is permitted. Everything that is Hashem Shamayim can be mentioned here. We'll accept the things that we can accept. We will reject the things we will, cannot accept. And two things you should learn from us. One, accept the truth from everybody who says it. And second, allow us the right to reject things that we don't accept without considering that to be a denigration of a tamich chacham. We can't accept things that we don't believe to be truthful. We must accept things that we do believe they're truthful regardless of who said them. This foundation, this belief that the chachamim had is what guides our Beda Milash. What guides our Rav Kapach in his commentary in the Mishnah Torah. It, what, it's what guides every one of the chachamim that we ever will mention here those who believe, the tamidei chamim belong around the same table. To debate, to argue, not to agree with each other, but to respect each other. To live side by side with each other. To learn Torah together because all of us are trying to reach the same truth. To believe with one heart, with one mind, with one soul, in one God, who is one, who is united. There is no oneness like the oneness of HaKadosh Bahu, In Bezalat Hashem, if we work alongside each other and we learn Torah together, Regardless of whether we agree or not, we will reach that coveted ideal of holding on to the truth. So on that day, Hashem will be a king of the whole world. On that day, Hashem will be one who and his name will be one. Let us live to see that day very soon.